Good morning. Please join me in prayer. Let us know together that this is the day God has made for our delight, the rain for our the nourishment of our planet. We give thanks for the life-giving rain. We accept the temporary inconvenience knowing that it gives a much greater gift. So we accept that gift now. We accept the gift of this day just as it is, knowing that it is perfect, that it unfolds perfectly and joyfully. As we come together in beloved community to celebrate our oneness with each other, with spirit, and to dive into a deeper experience of the ground of being. So knowing that that is our purpose, that is our intention here, we surrender ourselves to that and simply know that each one hears what they came here to hear, each one shares what they came here to share. All are inspired, all are uplifted, and this time together unfolds perfectly, powerfully, joyfully, lovingly, and with grace and ease. And so with a grateful heart, I just say thank you, Spirit. Thank you to each one here. I let it be so, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, Chris, for opening the space this morning for this time of Teze meditation. Welcome, and if you're new with us here today, either in the room or online, um, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart. We are an interfaith, an independent interfaith community, and we teach universal principles and practical spirituality. So I want to welcome you home to our community, should you choose it, and welcome home to your own mystic heart, where your own guidance and wisdom lives. So we begin our meditative journey this morning by joining our voices, our vibrations, to deepen our intimate connection in spirit. Guide you to heaven's door. 
deeply into our meditation, we make a conscious connection with the global community, gently allowing the eyes to close if you're comfortable doing so, or the gaze to rest downward, and taking a couple of deep breaths. As you continue to ground yourself, imagine the breath dissolving any distracting thoughts. And now imagine moving the energy of the mind down into the heart. You may want to place your hands on the heart and breathe into the heart space. Take a deep breath in and hold for a few seconds, filling the heart completely and then letting it out gently and slowly, connecting with your heartbeat. And now as you sense your heartbeat, feel your connection to the earth. Imagine that your heart is beating with the pulsing energy of the one life. Beating in tandem with the heart of the mother, with the heart of the father, with the in infinite intelligence back of all things, And now sense that your heart is beating with the hearts of all beings. Human beings. Other than human. And that all of creation is pulsing with this same life. Acknowledging the global web of consciousness 
that is created as we feel ourselves united by the pulse of life itself. Sensing the radiant light of spirit that shimmers through all of it. We feel and know our oneness with all that is. And we acknowledge our responsibility to one another as human family and as caretakers of this beautiful, life-giving planet. With every breath and in every moment, we turn once again to new beginnings and to the practice of embracing the unknown. The Sufi poet Hafiz bids us to leave the familiar for a while, change rooms in your mind for a day. <clears throat> and St. John of the Cross reminds us <clears throat> that to get to an unknown land by unknown roads, a traveler cannot allow himself to be guided by his old experience. He has to doubt himself and seek the guidance of others. There is no way he can reach the new territory and know it truly unless he abandons familiar roads. We must become strangers in our own minds, in our own homes and communities. What I mean is that we must learn to see our lives and our worlds through new lenses. Question all that we think we know. And welcome all that crosses our path as honored guests as faces of the divine. This means that everything that seems foreign, strange, or uncomfortable is the place where spirit especially shines forth. In shifting our perspective, we become the principle of hospitality, expressing in the world. This hospitality applies to those who arrive at the door to my outer world in terms of people and experiences that I find challenging. But extending this hospitality to the inner life is even more vital because this is where true hospitality begins. Returning once again to the wisdom of Rumi in his poem, The Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. 
even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. All of the places that tempt me to slam the door on my inner life, to contract into myself, pulling back from the discomfort, these are the places where we are called to meet the divine. Spirit's guidance does not come only through the familiar faces, voices, and experiences that make us feel safe and comfortable. Instead, we find our lives sprinkled with people and circumstances that challenge and stretch our perceptions of the world, that little by little pry open our minds and our hearts. Jungian psychologist Anne Bedford Ulanoff writes this. The holy refuses to be put in a box. These meetings with God well beyond our images of God comprise great religious moments that smash us or open us further to the transcendent or both. Mystics write of these moments. It is these encounters that break us open, that move us past the conventional, the comfortable, the familiar, that strip the illusion of safety and security from our grasp, and that begin our journey of truly plumbing the depths of the sacred. Most of us don't want God on these terms, but on our own. We are willing to see spirit at work in the beautiful, in the joyful, in the peaceful. But we are less willing to admit that holy disruption is simply one more way that grace touches our lives. One more way that the great mystery moves through our experience. This pilgrimage called life, this transformational journey, requires us to make room for the full range of human experiences. From great beauty, luscious comfort and joy, even ecstasy all the way to deep sadness, extreme discomfort, 
and that which may seem ugly in our sight. In the words of Christine Walters Paintner, when we practice this kind of radical hospitality to all the ways holy disruption arises in our lives, we make room for the possibility that fear does not have to compel our every response. We begin to experience more kindness to everything that feels difficult within. And so this begins to flow outward to others. We no longer feel compelled to limit who might be included in the realm of God's love. And we learn to let go of our own agendas. We begin to see that God is so much bigger than our own imaginings and we talk with more humility. We are willing to consider that we might have been wrong all this time. We have been taught that God is good, that spirit inhabits all beautiful things. And we believe that beauty, love, and joy are signs of the divine presence, proof that God exists. It is easy to see spirit in a majestic mountain, in a redwood cathedral, a pristine beach, or a clear mountain stream but can we find God in the midst of hardship? In difficult times, we may imagine that spirit is absent, that God has withdrawn from us. But where could spirit go? The omnipresent one is eternally everywhere. So perhaps it is we who retreat from the divine. Maybe fear blinds us to the greater good that is being served by a challenge that we are facing. We can't see where this is going. But then, we rarely know where any of this is going, the good or the difficult. The good and beauty feel better, so we accept them without question. When we resist what is before us, we push God away. So how do we practice the presence of spirit in the face of challenges? We rely on our faith that we are not alone, that the divine is fully present, that all is unfolding for the highest good. In this shared silent communion, 
Let us remember a time when a challenge felt so difficult that we felt abandoned by God. But much later, we were able to see that it was for the best. Spirit had been guiding us all along. We don't know what we don't know. How then shall we embrace the unknown? When we embrace a friend, we open our arms and lean into them. Only after we reach them do we close our arms. May we take the same approach to our pilgrimage? Can we open our arms and hearts 
and lean into the mystery with faith and courage, loving and trusting divine guidance. Paul said, we walk by faith, not by sight. We won't always be shown the outcome of our choices, but we can trust our inner knowing, our divine self, to lead us into divine harmony. With gratitude for this sacred communion with spirit and with our interspiritual community, we give thanks for our courage, faith, and commitment to stay the course. And we give thanks for Reverend Diana's continued inspiration this morning, for her encouragement to walk our path even while embracing the unknown. The ancient desert fathers and desert mothers speak of three things that we must let go of as we continue to live life as a spiritual journey. The first is letting go of our former way of life so that we might move closer to our heart's desires. The second is letting go of our mindless thoughts. And the third is letting go of our images of God, realizing that any image we might entertain is much too small to contain the divine. We live in a time when fundamentalism has emerged as an overwhelming force in religious consciousness, not only in Christianity, but also in the extreme branches of many world traditions. This stems from the human need to feel a sense of control in chaotic times. In an attempt to make sense of our world and to help us cope with the loss of meaning we may be feeling, we can engage in black and white thinking. We put God in a box. We put one another in boxes. These boxes may seem to offer stability, safety, or understanding. But in truth, what they create is perceived separation, instability, and limitation. Meister Eckhart, a 13th century Christian mystic, describes the practice of non-attachment. Most contemplative traditions, such as Buddhism and yogic philosophy, have a version of this concept and cultivate the practice of holding life with an open palm, of letting go of how we would have life be and welcome the reality of things of what is actually before us. We let go of who we think God is and cultivate openness to the one who is far beyond the horizons of our imaginings.
in the hands of grace. No matter what our lives may look like in the moment, in our own personal space, our own personal life, or in the greater communities, in the world, we are held in the hands and in the heart of the one source of all of life. And I have absolute faith that each one of us is a perfect and intentional expression of that life. With purpose, with gifts to offer that no one else can offer. Trusting absolutely that this intelligence that lives and breathes and has its being by means of each one of us and by means of all of creation, it, it knows what it's doing. And yes, we have choices within that doing. And so we seek to ground ourselves in deep faith and deep guidance 
so that what we are directed to do and to be in the world shows the full light of spirit, expresses the most radiant version of light that each one of us can bring forth. And yes, sometimes that means moving through challenging times. But as we walk through that valley, we don't stay put in that shadow. We keep on walking. We keep on walking, one step at a time, knowing that the sun always comes out again, that joy always returns. And that what we find by our experience in the darkness brings a greater wisdom and a deeper experience of joy and beauty and love into our lives. And so grateful for this knowing that we are held in the hands of grace, of a loving and lawful presence that is forever available I just give thanks. I give thanks for this knowing and for all of the blessings of this beautiful day. Trusting that this prayer has created a space, has opened a path for even greater graces to unfold. And so together we trust in this knowing and we allow this prayer to be released so that it may continue to do its good work. As together we say, and so, so it is. is. Amen. So as you come back into the space, I encourage you to open your eyes and your hearts and your minds and to take a look around at all of the beautiful expressions of spirit that are here with you today in practice. This is one branch of your spiritual family, should you choose it for yourself. One of your support systems. So never hesitate to ask for prayer, for physical support when you need it. These are some of the people that care about you and about this community and about the peace and the oh, expansion that we are seeking to help birth into the world. So as we close our Teze meditation, <clears throat> we offer an opportunity for you to share of your financial support with the work that we're doing in the world, should you choose to do so. And if you're joining us online, you can find a donate button at mysticheart.org uh, or a mailing address. If you still do what I do sometimes, those old-fashioned things called checks. <clears throat> so as we offer time for this offering to happen today, I bring to you a very short, like a two-minute video from uh, Farmer's Footprint. And it's a man named Gail Fuller talking about farmers' mental health. The United States is facing a health crisis unlike anything it's ever seen. Rates of cancer, diabetes, obesity, and many other diseases are just skyrocketing. Uh, a lot of them are getting some attention, obviously not enough, 
diet and healthy soil and healthy communities plays a role in fixing all of this. Probably one of the big ones that's not being talked about today is mental health and especially mental health and depression in rural America and farmers. Suicide rates are through the roof. Uh, farmers are now the most likely uh, genre or job on earth to commit suicide. And it, it's an issue that's got to be addressed going forward. We, you know, we've been digging this hole for way too long with depressed farm prices, issues with transition of farms, uh, kids leaving the farm, all these things have just continued to, to build, you know, in farmers. And there's just no one a farmer feels they can talk to, including their spouse, because talking about mental health is showing a sign of weakness. And farming today has become so competitive for land and to continue to increase the size of the operation that farmers feel they they, if they show weakness, they're at risk of losing, you know, losing stature in the neighborhood, having ground taken away from them, questions asked about them. And th those are things that we've got to get past because we, we've got to address the mental health issue before we can go forward. So this isn't even addressing the health risks to farmers because they're so heavily dosed with pesticides and herbicides. Some of the highest cancer rates in the planet, some of the highest disease rates are now uh, with the farmers that are attempting. Oh, <laughs> so it's a nice, it's okay, it's a nice sound. Where are those lovely chimes coming from? <laughs> so we do continue with our lunch donations and coffee donations on Sundays to support Farmers Footprint. Um, we're working, we're almost there on our fifth acre. Um, they support farmers in transitioning over to regenerative clean practices uh, and help financially support them in that transition. Because I don't know if you know this, but once a farmer declines to accept the GMO seeds and the poison, all the things that the government is requiring them to use in order to get funding, subsidizing. subsidizing. So, so they need financial support as they make that transition and they're finding that in one year's time they can actually transition their land if they have the support. So we're supporting that so that they can join all of this monetary support together and support our farmers so that we end up having more than another 60 years of harvest before all of our land is not able to produce food anymore. So that's kind of where we stand. Sorry about the depressing news. <laughs> now, I want to say thank you for your donations uh, in whatever form they come. Your love and your dedication to the community, to the work that we're doing, is so appreciated. The financial support is so appreciated, is necessary to create the space that we can bring this good work forth. And so I just thank you for all of your gifts. And so it is. All right. So I invite you to, to stay on if you choose to. We have coffee next door. And then we come back at 1030 for conscious conversations around similar topics. But we're going to branch off into a particular direction today. Um, encourage you to pick up a bulletin if you'd like one. They're on the bench that has all of our activities coming up for the rest of this month and some next month. 
And we have a great website, so if you haven't been to our website yet, you can get all that information there as well. Let's see. And Tracy, was Tracy next door today? Yes? Okay, good. She got here after I came in here. Uh, has a sign-up list if anybody would like to just take one service or the other every few weeks and be a second for Tracy, second set of hands when the kids are here. She has sign-up, so you can talk to her about that. All right. So let's go ahead and close with our soul's blessing. Wish you on your way or on your way back. Whatever. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony. And may love always fill your day. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayer. Good morning, Mystic Heart. Good morning. Good to see so many of you braving the storm to uh, share this time with us and feed your consciousness. So let's do that right now together as we open with a prayer and know that Spirit is in this place, fully present, fully alive, fully aware, fully inhabiting each one here, gracing us with wisdom, peace, with joy, with beauty, with truth. And so as we share our common intention this morning to feed our spirit, to feed our hearts, to feed our intellects, and to just grow in our appreciation of and knowing of spirit, I know that spirit turns back toward us and facilitates our journey, gracing us with all all that we could possibly ever need. So I open my heart, my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit to receive that divine impulse. Let it flow through me and through each one here and out into the room as we share our thoughts in conscious conversation. I know that each one brings a piece of the truth And as that piece of the truth is shared, each of us gets a bigger picture, a stronger relationship with one another and with God. And so I just 
release my prayer knowing that this time together unfolds perfectly, powerfully, lovingly, joyfully, and I'm going to get out of the way and let it happen. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Again, for some, first time for others. I'd like to welcome you here this morning. If you're new here with us today, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director here at Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We're an independent, interfaith community. We teach universal principles, practical spirituality, and I want to welcome you home. If you're looking for one, you found us. Welcome home to your own heart, where your guidance and wisdom live, and I just want to invite you to jump up and sing along and join in the joy with us as we get started. Welcome to your mystic heart, join the celebration, lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. The Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible so through prayer. So welcome to your mystic heart. Everybody you meet, everybody get up on your feet, see the light in everybody you meet. Let us be reminded of who we come to be. We are love, we are one, one big family. Let us make a joyful sound, here we stand on holy ground. Let us make a joyful sound, yeah, hey, 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 everybody, get up on your feet, see the light in everybody you meet, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, 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 yeah, yeah. All right, we got a little meta-prayer here set to some music. Call and response. May I be happy, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be peaceful, may I be free, may I be free, may I be free, may I be free, may my friends be happy. May my friends be peaceful. May my friends be peaceful. May my friends be free. May my friends be free. May they be free. May they be free. If anyone has heard me. If anyone has 
freely forgive if I had hurt anybody Forgive me now. May they forgive me now. May they forgive me now. May my enemies be happy. May my enemies be happy. May my enemies be peaceful. May my enemies be peaceful. May my enemies be free. May they be free. May they be free. If anyone has hurt me, if anyone has hurt me, I now freely forgive. I now freely forgive. And if anyone has hurt me, if I have hurt anybody, may they forgive me now. Thank you. May they I forgive myself right now. I forgive myself right now. May my friends be happy. May all, May be, all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be free. May all beings be free. May they be free. May they be free. May we all 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 be free. Yay. Yeah, if you'd like to stay standing, if you'd like to, if you're comfortable getting your whole body involved in our visioning this week. Allow the spirit, the life, to move through you in a way that, that's tangible, that you can sense it, that you can feel it. Love filling your body. Presence. Join me in the sacred practice of visioning for a love-soaked world where all humans are embodying and living from peace, embodying and living from joy, and abundance, sharing and generosity, justice and freedom, that these are the living principles by which we live our lives, where all humans practice loving kindness, compassion, honoring and caring for one another, and for our beautiful planet as the sacred home that she is. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, the safety and comfort of home, where mental, mental and physical health and education and healthy relationships are ensured by social systems that are grounded in wellness and wholeness. Where right livelihood and creative contribution and a sense of belonging are known as gifts of the spirit and are experienced by all. 
a world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light, where the peace that we cultivate within each one of us shows up in the world as a world free of hatred or violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there is just so much abundance and just having enough. Where every being deserves and receives all that is required for a full, rich, and contented life. In this new world of our creation, every person is a caring and conscious vessel through which generosity flows. By the power of our collective intention, we write a new story. We create a world that works for all beings. We know that our good work is bearing fruit. We will not lower our vision no matter the appearances, knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but is inevitable. It is coming into being right now. And we trust that this prayer is an integral part of its graceful unfolding. We open our hearts and our doors and our arms in radical welcome, erasing all lines of apparent separation. We create an open and loving community to which all are invited and in which all have an equal voice. Our powerful vision is moving into form and experience here and now. And so we simply let it go and let it be as we align our actions in support of its grace and beauty. And so it is. Amen. Thank you. So let's take a moment to look around, check in, who's, who wandered on, who came in. Say good morning. Hello, y'all. Thank you for being here this morning. Spiritual connection, so important. What does it mean to you if I say, I'm, I'm going to live into the mystery? What does it mean to live into the mystery? To be open to all the infinite possibilities. Okay, to be open to the infinite possibilities that are always available. Uh, to not need the answers, but seek the questions. Oh, not need the answers, but seek the questions. Hmm. Some wisdom in this room. Easier said than done, though. Easier said than done, okay. Anything else come up? Not not be afraid of the unknown. Okay, to not be afraid of the unknown. So put down the fear around what we don't know. We'll never know enough to get rid of fear that way. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because how much do we really know? Yeah. Do we really know anything? Outside of how we are experiencing this moment in this moment? Do we know what's coming ten minutes from now? We like to pretend we do. Makes us feel comfortable. And that's okay. It's human. Surrender to what's going to happen. Okay. There's no expectations. So, oh, two things there. Surrender to what whatever's unfolding with no expectations. Good. 
So does it have anything to do with recognizing that you're actually part of something fundamentally wonderful and miraculous in this life? Isn't it pretty, pretty miraculous? You're part of a complex, multi-dimensional system of reality, and you don't know how it works. None of us know how it works. Science is big on trying to figure it out and to give us all of its opinions about how it works. But every so often, all those opinions change again. <laughs> so there we are, back at we don't really know much of anything, do we? So is living into the mystery maybe having a sense that there's some kind of a supreme force, intelligence, source, energy, however you want to label it or perceive it, that is always sort of wanting the highest for you, kind of pushing you in the direction of your highest, but you don't really know what that is, that's the mystery. So as a child, we're really tapped into that sense of wonder, right? We come here at least very early on. Some of us lose it really quickly and some of us maintain it. But we are just delighted by everything that's in front of us. Just everything, you know, follow, anybody else follow the ants as they went down the cracks in the sidewalk? Yeah. I mean, it's all amazing, right? Unfortunately, I had a magnifying glass. Oh, oh no, 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 no. But with kids, there's no bounds, right? Nothing's impossible, which is why we have to keep an eye on them. Because they think they can fly, you know, all these things. So what are, what are the natural qualities that we display, that we experience and display as kids? Curiosity. Curiosity. Innocence. Innocence. Fearlessness. Fearlessness. Mm. Immortality. Immortality. <laughs> what was over here? Wonder. Wonder. Daydreaming. Daydreaming. Oneness. Oneness. Exploration. No prejudice. No prejudice. I don't know if you guys saw this on, I got it on as a Facebook uh, post or feed on my feed last week. There were these two little girls, looked like they were about five. One was redheaded and freckled, and one was just as dark as dark could be with the blackest, kinkiest, beautiful hair. Standing side by side in the exact same outfits, looking up at Dad saying, Look, we're twins! And it said, you know, if only we could see the way our children see. Wouldn't the world be a better place? So Lucinda zoomed in joy. Joy. Vitality. Vitality. Excitement. Excitement. Exuberance. Exuberance. So where does it all go? <laughs> I mean, some of Oof. us have called some of it back in and are expressing it again, but anybody other than me go through any period of life where that seemed to kind of die out a little bit and then we had to work to bring it back in. I think society tri triggers a lot of it to go away. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we're, we're programmed for that 
you know, society has all of these ways of telling us that that's not okay. You're not normal. You're not normal. You're not good enough. Also, our parents mm -hmm. don't know it, and so they don't know how to teach it because right. they don't know it. So then we, we live as an example because there are teachers and there are God because right. we don't know yeah. any different. Yeah. We get the we get um, get, we we're given the impression that we're children for a while and then we then life happens and then we have right. to, we have to live life. Yeah. So, so somehow you're not going to be a successful adult living your life if you maintain all that child childish. It's called instead of childlike, and those are very different things. But yeah, we get the idea that we can't maintain that and be responsible adults. We have to grow up and be consumers. Grow up? Oh, uh oh. Danger, danger. Yeah. Yes. All kinds of messages that were sent. And yet, you know, Einstein said, you know, imagination is more important than intelligence. Right. And he was a daydreamer. And, yes, he know, was. And so he... Yeah. He must have flunked out of that class where they were teaching you to pay attention and not look out the window. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good example. So what happens when even as adults we begin to now decide to, to make an attempt at least to approach life with curiosity and exploration and innocence instead of certainty, which is what we tend to take on, right? Mm -hmm. We know how things work now, we're grown up, we have this rigid sense of certainty, of being right, of... So, but what happens when we put that down as adults and we begin calling in the curiosity and the innocence? We step outside our comfort zone. Uh-oh! Outside our comfort zone? And How many people like to be outside your comfort zone? <laughs> Yay! Yeah. <laughs> How many of you would like to like to be outside your comfort zone? <laughs> okay. Careful. Careful. <laughs> Careful what you ask for. <laughs> we, we, we get told we're unrealistic. Yes. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Anybody in here ever been told? That is so unrealistic. Yeah. How yeah. can you believe that or how can you do that? You have to right. grow up. <laughs> grow up. Received as wishy-washy or mentally unstable. Yes, wishy-washy, mentally unstable. Eccentric. Eccentric. <laughs> oh, I bet you Einstein was called that Ex a lot. I'm sure Einstein was called eccentric. <laughs> the, other, the other thing we find when we try to get back in touch with our curiosity and wonder is that those muscles have atrophy. <coughs> yeah. yeah. We, it's hard to get back. Those muscles do atrophy. Another one that atrophies is innocence. How do you get back a sense mm. of innocence? Mm. Because now you know better, right? You know differently. How, mm. how do you make that step? Acceptance. Back to innocence. Acceptance. Self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness. Surrender. Surrender. Be open. Be open. Open. Bring that innocence in. So, do we sometimes develop a sense of, um, what would we call it, cynicism mm -hmm. as we get older? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a sense of pessimism? Oh. Good morning. Good morning. So 
So can we be in a place of innocence if we're also being cynical? No. No. Uh -uh. Those are not very compatible, are they? No. What does innocence mean? What would what would it mean to reclaim our sense of innocence, the innocence of childhood? Positivity. Positivity. Okay. Possibility. Possibility. Mm -hmm. Knowing that everything's going to be okay in the end. Knowing everything's going to be okay in the end. Trusting in goodness. Trusting in goodness. Mm -hmm. No fear, no shame. No fear, no shame. Living in the moment. Living in the moment. Believing in what you know to be true. Believing in no what guilt. you know to be true. No and how do you know things to be true? Is it because you have all the facts, Jack? It's all up here? Your heart tells you. Your heart tells you what's true for you. And are there things that are true for me that may not be true for you in that sense? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if sometimes I think that we confuse truth with facts. Okay. So Say more. Because I think <laughs> truth has more to do with how you uh, state of mind versus what the way things are. Okay. So, I mean, I, I can say that I am currently uh, have no money, mm -hmm. but I know that the, the truth is that God cares about me and wants right. to provide for me. So. so, yeah, so there's this sense of absolute truth, which is unchanging in all time for all people. That's how I use truth. I tend to not use the word truth unless that's what I mean. And then we have relative level truth or factual experience. And there are so many other, my opinion is that there are so many other better words to plug in when that's what you mean. Like if it's my experience, say it's my experience, not my truth. Or if it's my opinion, own it as your opinion instead of my truth. You know, if it's my expectation, my judgment. I mean, we have all of these things that we tend to want to say, well, that's my truth. And what we do, I believe, when we use it that way is that we solidify whatever we're claiming. Mm. We make it solid. I think a better phrase might be, this is what seems true to me right. in this moment. Mm -hmm. you know, like Craig Hamilton's phrase, but I hold it very loosely. I hold it very loosely, yeah. So this is what seems true. This is what I believe. We can own our beliefs as beliefs. I think so often we want to be persuasive or convincing to others. Mm. And so we use it's my truth because it sounds so solid. But if you look below that word, I think it's, it's really empowering to look at what am I really trying to express? Is it my opinion, my belief, my feeling, just my experience, my, you know, what is it? My neuroses. My neuroses. <laughs> Thank you. What, wor what works for me? What works for me? Right. Instead of my truth? Right. This is what works for me. And I'll work for anybody else. And that's okay, too. Sadly, we have mostly forgotten this as a society that that we can reclaim that sense of curiosity and innocence and exploration and play about life we, we've forgotten even as a species by the time we get adults 
to be adults, um, it's pretty prevalent that people across, around the globe have sort of forgotten. Things are so serious. And I'm not saying that things are not serious in a sense and shouldn't be taken seriously. Conditions and what is ours to do in the world with those conditions can be taken seriously, all while we don't take ourselves so seriously. Mm. And all as we don't behave as though, you know, everything is riding on us. Rigid. Rigid. Yeah, rigid. <laughs> well, and even those situations that you speak of, if we approach them from a place of curiosity and playfulness, we're right. probably going to be more effective right. than if we're like, oh, this needs to happen. Yeah. <coughs> if you're curious, you're more likely to find solutions, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We're often not looking for solutions, really. We're looking to make our opinion stick here so that other people agree with us. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> just sees it. Calls it as I sees it. Uh, I think that many of us, including myself, can step into that pretty easily. Why is that? Why is that? Though? Why is that? Why do we want our uh, opinions to be taken so serious? Why do we want our ego. opinions? Oh, <laughs> ego. Okay. Uh -huh. Control and right. safety. Control and safety. Mm. And we want to be right. We want to be right. And we want people around us that vibe and, and right. you know, saying, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a sense of finding our value mm. in the people around us saying, hey, yeah, you're right. I agree with you. Acceptance. Acceptance. Validation. Reinforcement. Validation. Reinforcement. And all under all of that is fear. So right. I was going to say all of that is a way to. And yes, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> She's right. Why is that? <laughs> oh, fun. I think the really cool thing is that one by one, people are sort of waking up to, uh-oh, maybe we've gone off course a little bit. Maybe we've gone a lot off course. And one by one, we're remembering um, and learning that the challenge we face, I think, is that we're really linear thinkers. A lot of human beings are very linear thinkers. So there's, you know, here's a problem, I need a solution, I need, you know, I need definite rules, I need research to back it up. Is there anything on the planet you can't find research to back up? Not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. So we, we want the facts. We want to feel like, you know, we've got the answers because it helps us feel safe and in control of our lives. Um, we want a clear-cut, direct path. Whatever's come up, I want a direct path to where the solution is. I want to know where I'm going, and I want to know how to get there and be free to do so. And a guarantee that it'll work. And a guarantee that it'll work, <laughs> and a definite ending point and a destination that we will recognize when we have arrived. <laughs> Has your spiritual journey been a clear-cut, direct path? No. no. Anybody? A lot of forks. <laughs> a lot of forks? <laughs> Yeah, it's been my experience too. Some dead ends, but some dead ends. <laughs> Those are good too, right? It's a cul-de-sac. Oh, right, it's a cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go any turn around pretty easy. Right. Yeah. It's gotta turn the wheel. 
that's the thing, is recognizing dead end and being willing to turn around 180 degrees and go back and look for some other route. This isn't working for me. Right. Huh? It's a jigsaw puzzle. It's a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or a Django puzzle. Or a Django puzzle. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. So if there's no real destination on this spiritual path, what's the journey about? Expansion. Expansion. Okay. Evolution. Huh? Yourself. Yourself. <laughs> what about yourself? Say more. Oh, I think that's all I got to drop. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else want to comment on yourself? The truth of yourself. The truth of yourself. The truth of who you are, which is what? Divine. It's divine. It's divinity expressing in your own personal, unique version. And that's what sets you free. And that's what sets you free. Do you think infinite intelligence makes a lot of mistakes? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you think it makes any mistakes? Okay, so that means none of us can be mistakes. Right. Right. We can make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But that's our humanity just doing what it does, right? When we make mistakes, is that the end of the road? Too many mistakes. All done. Learning opportunity. So as we make mistakes, <clears throat> mm -hmm. often those mistakes can have an impact on somebody else. Mm -hmm. They can. Or so, many someone else's. Or many someone else's. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> if we are one with the universe, the universe is part of us. Mm -hmm. The universe doesn't, that one doesn't make its mistakes. Even our mistakes are, are what, what are they called in your prayer, are... Holy disruptions. Holy disruptions. <laughs> yes. I loved that this week. That came out in the writing. I'm like, I like this. Holy disruptions. I need, I need a definition of this word, but I just heard from her. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was in the Taizé, yeah. Yeah. Holy disruptions. Oh, disruptions. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense yeah. than I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask. <laughs> it eruptions? <laughs> think of intelligence, God, whatever, as a redeemer, then, uh -huh. then any of our mistakes will be redeemed. Mm. Okay. So redeemer, that's a word that some might understand and love, and some might actually be triggered by, and everything in between. So what does that word mean? Um. One, well, I, I would say... Mm -hmm. My definition would be one who takes um, something that may look wrong or bad mm -hmm. and make it into, into good. Okay. So taking everything and using it for good or taking it to a space of goodness. Finding the nuggets in everything. Okay. Finding the nuggets in everything. To cleanse. To cleanse, to cleanse or clean. The word roots, if you want to go back to the roots, to deem something is to reveal its value. So to once again reveal the value of. And then it has been taken into religious use as, you know, God, Spirit, redeems us. 
the spirit within us brings us to the, the wholeness and the, the true value that we are, shines that forth in the world. I remember my mom and her friends all, all say blue chip stamps and green stamps. Uh -huh. And they would redeem them redeem at the redemption them. store. <laughs> yes. For yeah. stuff, I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I think it's more something along the lines of taking something that you've done which you may perceive as mm -hmm. bad or wrong and kind of unveiling that it wasn't mm. the worst thing in the world and it might have actually caused a good thing. Right. So changing its value in a sort of way. So changing something's yeah. value. Yeah. Yeah. So learning to recognize the divinity in ourselves, to trust that what we are is that, to, um, to work with that divinity within us and within everything. That's, this is all part of this journey, right? This spiritual journey that we're on. So who or what is your teacher in this journey? <laughs> Everyone. Life. Life. Yep. Everything is everything. Everything is everything. We're all teachers. We're all students. Life is a great teacher as well. Everything and everyone that crosses our paths. If we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. My biggest teacher is sitting right there. Uh-huh. Our children. Realize that we're mirrors. And when mm -hmm. we see something in someone else that we're not real happy with, right. that we need to look and see why it bothers us, because yeah. we wouldn't recognize it if it wasn't part of something right. in ourselves. We have to at least have a capacity, <laughs> even if we don't bring that capacity to bear in the world, there's at least a capacity to be able to recognize something in another person, yeah. Um, the idea of teacher and student is kind of a linear, top-down right. idea in, in itself, and it's it's much messier than that. We're yeah. all in this mm -hmm. soup together, and right. and there's stuff the smartest can learn from the slowest, so right. and vice versa. So people they learn from who we are way more than from what we say. People watch one another in families, in society, in whatever relationships that they're in. We watch one another, and we don't necessarily believe what someone tells us if who they are walking to be in the world doesn't line up with what they're saying. It's some dissonance there. So Walk your talk. Yeah, so people learn from us all the time, so we have to say we are teachers, whether we recognize it or not. We are leaders, whether we want to be that or not. Might as well just own it. <laughs> Who I am is where you know what people are looking at. So, so what what's the curriculum in this journey? Keep learning. Keep learning. Your heart. Listening. Listening. Love. Love. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Whatever each individual soul needs. Whatever whatever the soul needs and is drawn to. So everything, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is part of the curriculum. Everybody's a teacher, everybody's a student. All grist for the mill. <laughs> <laughs> so within yourself right now, you know, we're talking no destination, but where are you being led right now to grow or to, to know more about yourself? 
Are there places that you're being led, particular places? And certainly someone can share if they want to, but also, if you don't, take that one in. Bob. I'm not really sure. What I'm trying to do is look for the guideposts. Okay. I'm sure they're out there, but uh -huh. in the heat of the moment, sometimes I just can't keep up. So I think the keys, there's, I think all the indicators are right there. Uh -huh. I just need to be able to put the jangle aside and look for them. Okay. The signs that I know are there pointing me in the direction. Yeah. So we have to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and try to shut down some of what we already think we know in order to really open to look for the guideposts to point us to Trusting what's next. Trusting our instincts. Trusting our instincts, yeah. Or our intuition. I know my personal lesson that's being served mm -hmm. to me right now is um, eradicating this idea of separateness mm -hmm. uh -huh. and being so wholly unique in the world that I'm alone. Right. Mm -hmm. So eradicating separateness in all forms. Mm -hmm. mm. That's a big job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a big job. So whatever it is that's calling you personally, are you following? This is, again, just this is for a little self-reflection. Are you following those callings? Are you resisting those callings? Are you just not really quite sure yet? I still get distracted. Get distracted? The really nice thing about um, the callings of spirit and they're true callings of spirit and not just our, whatever our, our brains or minds chattering away, is that they're <coughs> persistent. So that's the good news and that's the bad news because you can, you can put them off for a while. You can make choices that appear to block things. But if it's a true calling, <coughs> it's going to come back it's going to come back louder. With a two by four. Sometimes with a two by four. We don't want them to let it get that far, right? Right. I've spoken to one good friend, you know, this lifetime or the next, it doesn't really matter, but this is a calling to your soul, so, you know. So it's interesting to pay attention to those things and know that it's okay if you're going to put it off for a while or you're not really sure. Because if it's true and it's for you, it'll come back. Yeah. And there, can I? And yeah, there's yeah. A, a space of of because I'm in this space of am 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 I still am I should I still be still you know should I still mm -hmm. be still you know or do discerning between am I chasing something because it's something I'm supposed to think I'm supposed to be doing right or am I still on this still space. Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's some yeah. interesting choices coming. You uh -huh. know. Thank you. I just You're welcome. <laughs> no, that, that's great because we do hit points in time where sometimes where we just need to stop and be still for a while and really go within. And, okay, on the other hand of that, that can also become a, um, I'm going to say the word cop out, okay? Not that you don't do that for a while important to do it until till that time is done and important to recognize 
when that time is done. And is it a doing or is it a being? Am right. I chasing or am I, yeah. am I stepping into? Is you know, my doing evolving out of my beingness? My guidance, is it moving me? Or is my head and my own ego and my own what I want yeah. moving me? Yeah. yeah, and that's tricky. Anybody have any insight around how do you know? I've found that <clears throat> if I say yes to something mm -hmm. because I think it needs to get done or there's a need that needs to be filled or there's a fix or whatever, and I'm saying yes, but internally I'm feeling resistance to the yes, mm -hmm. I'm probably not supposed to be doing that. When the yeses have borne fruit has always been when the yeses flowed so easily right. off my lips that... I didn't even need to think about it because it didn't even make it through the prefrontal mm -hmm. cortex. It went straight right. from the heart out the mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody else? I think you just have to go with your intuition and see where it leads you. And right. If, if it's not the right direction, you'll mm -hmm. know soon enough. Yeah. When I started my schooling for this shift of life into this community, I had a dean who very first thing as I interviewed in had some very wise words. He said, is there anything else in your life that you could do and be happy and fulfilled than pastoral ministry? Is there anything else you can do? And I said, no. And he said, all right, then it's the right path for you. Because if there's anything else you can do and be fulfilled, you should do that, <laughs> whatever it is. That was my dean. Well. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's another thing. Can I do anything else and feel like I'm in my place, fulfilling my purpose? And if I can, if there's like four choices, then maybe you haven't settled in on the right one yet. Yeah. He was a better dean than salesman. He was a better <laughs> dean than salesman, yeah. And he was absolutely right. Absolutely. So what gets in the way of us hearing and following this guidance? Fear. Overthinking. Fear. I don't want to. Everything, did you say? Oh, no. oh, overthinking. Oh, overthinking. There we go. <laughs> like everything. The how. The how. Yeah. Expectations. Expectations. Wanting it all. Wanting it all. Stubbornness. Stubbornness. No. When I started that same school program, you know, I had not one dime in the bank to cover it, and it was a $25,000 program. And I signed up. I said, I'm here. You got to have faith. Got to jump. Jump. <laughs> Take the leap. I think busy, busyness gets in the way. Busyness mm -hmm. gets in the way. I don't think we can yeah. let go of all the stuff that we're involved in. Right. So the busyness that is the real active stuff in life and the busyness which is the distractions we create with things like media and whatever, whatever our distractions are, that's also busyness. Some of it's more productive. No, some of it's more positively productive. It's all productive. It's always causing something. 
some of it's more positively productive, and either kind of busyness needs to be let go of a little bit to make space. Doubt within yourself. Doubt. Self-doubt. Doubting yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Worthiness, yeah. Worthiness. Mm. Lots of things to get in the way. Mm. Your feelings. Your feelings. When you start, when you yeah. start going, oh man, does this feel good, or does this feel this, or you know, whatever mm. comes up. Yeah. Instead of what I do when I start doing that, I go, wait a minute. Is this is this my ego or is this my God? Yeah. And then I try to center myself to realize that to be still is a lot better than just to go round mm -hmm. and round in your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So letting your feelings drive you. Yeah. That's really not usually a very productive place, is it? Because it's reactionary. Sometimes that's just the way it is, and then you're like, okay, this right. is where I am right this now. This is where I am. It will pass. Uh huh. I will wave goodbye as I go over the waterfall of overthinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. I will. Yeah. Yes. This too shall pass. Yeah. Because it always Emotion, does. Emotions are like that. They will, they yeah. will change. You know, right. I feel like some overwhelming distress or something. I go, okay. After a while, it goes away. It's right. just amazing. It just goes, disappears. It's like a wave. And then, you know, nothing, and then something else will come in. Right. Yeah. yeah. So to learn to observe those things and be with them, mm -hmm. don't shove them, don't ignore them, but just be with them, observe them, and let them go. So Hafiz said that. Hafiz, yes. Hafiz. Uh-huh. Yeah. Welcome them in. Welcome them in. Yeah. In the guest house. <laughs> when I studied with Rantha, he said, you need to get in the back seat and become the observer there of your you life and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I literally, when things happen, I get in the back seat and look. And look. Because then the, you're on. not right there in the front in oh. your ego. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So the good news is, I think that the global, a global shift is happening. Yay. We're being a blessed with the evolution of unity consciousness coming into being in a greater and greater way. Um, it's an awareness and perspectives that allow us to see things differently. I really believe it's happening, even though if you watch a lot of news, you might have doubts at times, you know. But it, it takes, in nature, what has to happen before something new can be created? Mm. Yeah. Something has to yeah. die. Something dies off and mm. creates fertilizer and, mm -hmm. and drops seeds. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. We're <laughs> creating a lot of fertilizer right now. <laughs> 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 that's what that smell is. That's what that smell is. <laughs> we're beginning to recognize and admit that our egoic need to be right as individuals, as groups, as religions, as politicians, as societies is creating a problem. Um, it's influencing the experiences and the reality that's unfolding. And so as we see that we have an influence, more and more of us are stepping back a little bit and going, huh, how might we help this to be different? We're making space for the sacred to really enter our lives for the recognition that all of it is sacred that we can interface with it as the sacred, because that's what it is. 
page because I'm going long-winded today. That's always good news. It means I'm reading very little. I like that. So we're learning to connect with our divinity in new and exciting ways. Um, are there places in your life where you notice that happening? Yeah. Any specific places that have been recent for you? I meditate 45 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. I just make a point to go in, get on my hot mat, put on my earphones and, and do a meditation. <coughs> and when I miss it, I don't feel as yeah. there in my presence. It's mm -hmm. in here. So now you're in your head all day. All yeah, day long and when I heart. when I miss it, I really know I've missed it. Yeah. Which I don't do that very often. What are some of the things we're seeing in the world happening that indicate that these changes are in fact happening? Farmer's footprint. Farmer's footprint. So regenerative <laughs> agriculture becoming a real conversation again in the world. A lot of the, the people that are singing, you know, you're putting their uh -huh. songs up there. Yeah. Their songs are making a difference because right. it really talks about being the whole world being one. Right. And yeah. it's... Really, a lot of people don't know that. So that's opening right. a whole new genre. So that unity consciousness is being expressed in the arts, in all kinds of yes. art, artistic expression. I watched a video yesterday which presented, among other things, the, the fact that Rwanda has gone from being what it was in the 90s to mm -hmm. being uh, a country that is now basically very very unified and, mm. and uh, ah, kind of what people, an accomplishment. People, people helping each other out. Yeah. And, um, just some of the technology mm -hmm. that's being developed there is pretty amazing. So huge, huge accomplishment. What I about this? Oh, I think we're also starting to see the breakdown of fundamentalist type thinking. Okay. People are realizing that that is a dead end. Yeah, the extremist thinking in all realms. It's, it's not leading us anywhere positive. It's starting to break down. It's rearing its ugly head on, on the way yeah. down, I think, but yeah. it's, you know. Yeah, as it, as it will. It's phasing out. I'm very aware that the Christian denominations are actually losing membership. Right, Because yeah. of the young people. They right. Just, the, the doctrine doesn't change with the people's yes. spirit, and right. people are changing. Yeah. Not just young people. All kinds of people. <laughs> In case you're referring to you, you are a young person. So there we are. <laughs> I said, you are a young person. Don't forget that. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> what about a paradigm shift from the idea of big corporate business to small local support and community? That's starting to be a real conversation and a practice for many people. It's not the last time you'll hear it here, for sure. Health and nutrition. Health and nutrition awareness. Mm, yeah. Okay. Looking at the skyrocketing rates of all kinds of diseases and going, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. The organic label has grown immensely. Mm -hmm. Organic is that it's widespread at this point. And now organic regenerative <coughs> is starting to be labeled. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because yes. that's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. We're seeing um, more options in education. More options in education, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. I think technology can be kind of a catch-22. Catch-22. Yeah. Like that. There's a lot of 
There is a lot of technology that is being used for really good things. Yes, there is. It's an amazingly powerful, positive tool if it's used that way. Tools, you know, are just tools. It's kind of like we're learning it's a two-edged sword. Uh-huh. Yes. Technology with, with reaping all the benefits of this right. mass production and then starting to see the consequences of some of that type of thinking. Yeah. And there's, there's truisms in the old times, the small, the mom and pop, the sustainable practices. We've right. worked with indigenous cultures for thousands of years before we came along yes. with our new and better thinking. Right. So it's not about so much going backward to the way things used to be. It's about evolution is about include and expand, include and transcend. So take in all of the goodness that we've learned along the way with the technology and with all things that are beneficial and life-affirming and bring those things forward with us in a way that is more sustainable for ourselves and for the planet. Yeah. So this, um, both educational and spiritual systems are like standards, if you look at state standards for California, they have shifted to teaching kids how to think more so than teaching kids what to think. So that Yay. shift is happening. <laughs> it's happening. Um, there are increasing numbers of non-dualism, non-dualist teachers out there, both in religions and philosophies and in science. Non-dualism is becoming more common. Evolutionary and eco-spirituality is having an uprising in the world. A re-emergence of ancient traditions, like you were saying, and, and incorporating those traditions. Paganism, shamanism, other forms of indigenous wisdoms. Um, a revisiting of the eastern and desert nomadic mystical traditions. So all of this is happening. You just have to know where to look. Where to look. Is this good news? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's really good news. To me, it's really good news. So I'm going to move us into the closing of our service this morning. But I'd like to um, bring awareness to a couple of things spiritually. That this is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent in the Christian tradition. With the spring equinox right around the corner. That's tomorrow about 2.40ish in the afternoon. That's right, 21st. Uh, 20th this year. Yeah, I, at least that's what Google said. Google yeah, knows all, right? Okay, well, I looked it up. But, yeah, I know. It usually is. It used to be. Yeah, it is sometimes. It goes back and forth. 22nd, yeah. So. It's, but it's a cel what, whenever it falls, it's a celebration of new life, the season of Lent, this time of spring, spring coming, new growth. It's a time of fasting from old habits and patterns that no longer serve us and feasting on those things that do fill our souls. Uh, we honor the season of new beginnings as we come together in communion and in community. We share the journey of transformation as authentic beings seeking the support of other beings. I used to say other like-minded beings, but I don't think that belongs anymore because we're all a mix in here. And so we don't have to be like-minded. We just have to agree to respectfully disagree at times. And that works really well. Let's see here. 
So I'm going to go ahead and close with a short meditative practice. I don't want to skip past that. So I want to invite you to close your eyes for just a couple minutes. Relaxing into your chair a little bit, taking a couple of breaths. And allowing these words to speak directly to your soul. Allow them to travel to the inner worlds of your inner being. As you breathe, remember. Remember. Remember that deep down, you already remember. You already remember more than you remember in this moment. There is a deep and ancient remembrance. Allow the remembrance in. Allow it to bubble up from within. There's a buried treasure deep within you, waiting. You're on a journey of discovering and rediscovering this treasure. Each time you do, you access more of who you truly are. You are part of something far, far greater. You are part of a greater story. The entire universe is working with you to nudge and nudge to whisper and hold space for you to find your way back to the light. It's not out there, but in here, in you. As you begin to remember We remember. And as collectively we remember, we allow the divinity to awaken from within and we begin to see the divinity in all. Closing this meditation with a poem. Walk as slowly as possible. 
all the while imagining yourself moving through pools of honey and dancing with snails, turtles, and caterpillars. Turn your body in a sunwise direction to inspire your dreams to flow upward. Imagine the trees are your own wise ancestors, offering their emerald leaves to you as a sacred text. Lay yourself down across earth and stones. Feel the vibration of dirt and moss, sparking a tiny or tremendous revolution in your heart with its own great longing. Close your eyes and forget this border of skin. Imagine the breeze blowing through your hair is the breath of the forest and your own breath joined rising and falling in ancient rhythms. Open your eyes again and see it is true that there is no me and tree, but only one great pulsing of life, one sap which nourishes and enlivens all, one great nectar bestowing trust and wonder. Open your eyes and see that there are no more words like beautiful and ugly, good and bad, but only the shimmering presence of your own attention to life. Only one great miracle unfolding and only one sacred word which is yes. Know with me that this one great miracle unfolding is expressing as all, all of creation, which includes each and every one of us as perfect creations. The one sacred yes is forever responding to our every thought, word, and action. And so I take care. I give time to the process of remembering who and whose I am. I give thanks for all of it, whatever it looks like, trusting and knowing that all is happening in perfect order and timing, always, with no exceptions. I go with the flow of life, embracing the unknown, in full faith that all is forever well. And so it is. Amen. Satu. That's the Buddhist closing. Aho.
indigenous closing. I'm missing one. Ashe. Ashe. Thank you. African tradition. <sighs> I don't know. That feels good to me. I hope it feels good to you, too, mm -hmm. to be here in community. So we're going to invite you at this time to join in the celebration of the work that we're doing in the world by sharing of your financial good, should you choose to do that this morning. Um, if you're at home, you can go to mysticheart.org to find a donate button or a physical mailing address. Uh, we also have a gracious giving program. If you're interested in doing a monthly contributions to help us in our um, projection of growth and budgeting, you can get more information online about that as well. So as we move into this time of giving, um, I invite you to read along on the screen these words. Know that that we mean them absolutely, that they are a sincere blessing and prayer for all of the gifts that come our way. As I awaken to God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith that does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. So I invite you to uh, enjoy my muse. I love this group, Great Spirit's Hands. Overdressed under blankets as old as earth. Through the seasons, there's a reckoning of how we die and we take birth. So, in between our holy whispers in the marketplace of our dreams, we dance, dance, dance for all the beauty and all the obscene. Cause life is short and it's our duty to shake it up while we can To be worn, ragged or used up by great spirit's hands By great spirit's hands But do bit it do, but don't boom boom But do bit it do, but don't boom boom But do bit it do, but don't boom boom But do bit it do Walk outside, there is no doorway, only wet ground from the rain. And the dewdrops live in treetops, they know nothing, a personal gain. And all the leaves, they will fall, yeah, believe they will fall, and we will do the same, yeah. So we dance, dance, dance for all the treetops. And the skies that give rain Cause life is short and it's our duty To shake it up while we can To be worn, ragged or used up By great spirit's hands By great spirit's hands But do bit it do But don't boom boom But do bit it do But don't boom boom But do bit it do 
child will come to us an old woman will go the other way through the tunnel of dark and light birth and death it's one in the same and does the dragon fly lonely as she dies in the palm of my hand i offer it up all i do and don't understand Life is short and it's our duty to shake it up while we can To be worn, ragged, used up by great spirit's hands By great spirit's hands Shake it up while we can. That's how evolution happens, right? So, shake this up and give thanks for it. Give thanks to Spirit for mm, the abundance and the prosperity that is available to us when we accept it. I give thanks to each one here for sharing that abundance with your interfaith community, with your beloved spiritual family. And I know that these gifts multiply and go back out into the world where they can do the most good. So I accept it with a grateful heart saying thank you, thank you spirit, and so it is. So it is. So, it is. so we are this close to being able to sponsor our fifth acre for uh, regeneration, taking the old dead chemical farmland and <laughs> revivifying the soil and making it so it can uh, actually sustain us and even sequester some carbon. Okay. Who, who knew? Who knew? So uh, we have another uh, a video from Farmer's Footprint. It's much more uh, optimistic than <laughs> the one we showed during Taze. Same guy. So uh, this is Regenerative Farmer. Getting the masses switched from conventional ag to regenerative ag, it's, it's a paradigm shift and it's, it's got to start with a change of the mindset. My name is Gil Fuller and I am a recovering conventional farmer. Regenerative agriculture to me is about regenerating communities, earthworm communities, soil community, rural communities, urban communities. Animals are just an absolute key component, really a must to have on any farm. When you look at beef grown in a CAFO system today under industrial agriculture, yeah, that, that's a dangerous model that is adding methane. 
you're looking at a pasture-based system uh, with cows doing rotational grazing, uh, we're actually storing carbon, we're, we're a carbon sink. When I'm farming and making day-to-day -day decisions, it's all done with the soil in mind. That's, that's the first step. When we're, when we're developing a grazing plan now or when we're planting cover crops or anything, it's, you know, it, are we going to be hurting the soil today or helping it and, and how much? This isn't just about planting a few cover crops to help put some water in the Ogallala Aquifer or cut down your pesticide use by 10% or 20%. This is a total paradigm shift to a more regional food system. A regional food system that can offset food insecurities, increase farmer resilience, and it's also going to mean much more nutrient-dense food that is grown in the region that you live. I farm because it's the greatest job on earth. You know, I've been blessed with stewarding a little piece of creation. It is my job to make sure it's you know, cared for and, and in better shape when I leave it. I don't view myself as an owner of the land, I'm just renting it for my future. Mm, yeah. Local farmers market starts out the first Saturday of April. Yay! And most of those guys are regenerative farmers, they're all organic, but most of them are, are doing the, uh, the regeneration thing, rebuilding the soil so that they can keep growing. <laughs> so I'm going to get over there where we can see. <laughs> oh, so thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, this is a little longer than we usually go, and that feels just about right to me. So let's go. Yeah, there is. We have our brunch, a brunch theme today. Here we go. Let's do lunch. Let's do lunch.